and when we uh, we took the seven feasts uh, of Israel and kind of went through them, and we're going to uh, talk about the stars and uh, the zodiac tonight. Now, when sometimes when you mention the word zodiac, people automatically think we are into witchcraft. How many knows that God is the one that made the constellations? Okay. Now, Satan tries to uh, cause, cause fear to come into people's hearts so that they will not study the stars. But I'm telling you, you, the stars are not something you chart your life by. The stars tell a story. They are a silent witness of God's plan. And we're going to take you through this uh, as, uh, in, in, in segments, okay? They're silent witnesses. They're there for everyone to see. Uh, the Scripture just simply says that there's no place under heaven their voice is not heard. There's no place on this earth that you can go to escape the light of the stars. And if you're out underneath the stars and it doesn't make you feel really small, I'm telling you, there's something wrong because the vastness of the heavens just simply has that effect on us that, man, there must be, that God must be real because of all the things that he's created. Um, I'm going I'm to start Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26. Now, the... I will talk, there was, there's about four or five constellations that are mentioned in the book of Job. A lot of them are mentioned in, in Job chapter 38. Job is the oldest chronological book in the Bible. It was written around 1500 B.C. And so it's even older than, now I know we have Genesis. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. God gave him revelation about the Genesis account and creation. But Job is the oldest chronological book in the Bible. It was written about 1500 B.C., and uh, wh- when you read about the constellations in the book of Job, and, and God was asking him questions about them, uh, Job didn't say, what are you talking about? What, what is that a reference to? See, God was talking to Job about something Job knew. That's, that's a point I'm making. Job knew about the constellations. He knew about the stars. He knew about the message in the stars. So when God was asking him about all these things, he didn't say, uh, what? That's not there. He was just, so God and him was having a conversation about something that he knew about. So when God's having a conversation with you and I, it's not about something we don't know anything about. It's about something that we know. I mean, there's a conversation going on. God said, let us reason together. And so when he's talking to Job, you won't find Job saying, God, I don't understand, or I don't know what you're talking about. Job knew exactly what God was talking about because he recognized the constellations and, and the things that, that God was talking to him. Now, uh, now we know some of, the, uh, some of the modern names. How many knows, can you go out in the night sky and find the Big Dipper? The modern name for that is Ursa Major. Uh, but it's in, in the old star charts, it's called the greater sheepfold, okay? But, and there's a big dipper, there's a little dipper, Ursa Major, Ursa, uh, uh, USRA Minor, the big and little sheepfold is called in modern language the big and little dipper, but that's not the original names for them. Uh, now, I'm, we're not going to talk about those, but I'm just going to say that they are there. Uh, there's, in every constellation that we study, there's some minor signs that, are in there that I'm not going to take time to talk about, all right? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by name. That's astounding. 
Our Milky Way in our galaxy is 10,000 light years wide. It's made up of billions and billions of stars, and we are just in one galaxy. It's made up of billions of stars, and he has them all numbered and named. Now, uh, I've run out of fingers and toes, and I don't know how high that is in math, but I want to guarantee you that's a low, whole lot of zeros behind that one. And he has made them. Uh, he bringeth out their host by number, and he called them all by names. Notice Psalms 147, verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Question, why were the stars placed in the heavens? Why, did he, why was it important for him to do that? To put those stars there to begin with. Now, so I want, to, I want to read some scripture to you, and then we're going to talk about uh, the reason behind God doing some things. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14 said, And God said during creation, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Now, Let's, let's look at this verse for a minute. I, uh, if you have it up there, uh, put it up there uh, in Genesis. Do you have Genesis chapter 1, verse 14? Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. So what is that? What lights would that be? That would be the sun and what? what all right, so the moon. So there are lights in the heavens to divide uh, the day and the night. So we have the sun and then we have the moon. Now, uh, how, what brings on darkness for the earth? Okay, at night, but what happens? How does, how does it get dark? I mean, what happens to the earth? What makes it? All right, the, the earth is turning. It's spinning on, on, on its axis. How many... How many how long does it take the earth to spin completely around? 24 hours. So when, as the earth spins, that, no, so God didn't just say, okay, we're going to put a big light out here and a big light here uh, to divide the day and the night. He started something in process. He started something in motion. He started this earth spinning. And as it spins, it gives us our 24-hour day. It gives us our daylight hours. It gives us our darkness hours. So as the earth turns away from the sun, it goes into darkness. But there's a great light then begins to shine. What gives that light? What gives that great light? It's, it's light. The sun reflects on the moon. The moon doesn't have any light of its own, uh, but it reflects the light of the sun. So while the earth is in darkness, we get the light from the sun during the darkness. Okay? And then so then we have... So, so notice in this verse alone is, 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 is a lot of science, okay? And let them be for signs and for seasons for, and for days and years. So we get a day, 24 hours is a day. How do, how do we get a year? 12 months is a year, okay. But how, does, how do you add that up? What, what's a year? What happens in a year to this universe that we're in? What happens? Huh? Okay. The earth is spinning on its axis, and while it's spinning on its axis... It's going in its orbit around the sun. How long does it take for the earth to make one complete orbit around the sun? 365 days. That's where we get our years. 
That's how, that's how all of this thing is winding up. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14, God sets all this stuff into motion. Now, isn't this strange? It never slows down. It never speeds up. Just continually going on the circuits and the path that God has designed for it. Now, now when we get to the constellations, as the earth spins and, and, go, it spins and goes on its orbit around the sun, uh, as, as, you, as we go through this, our universe, we go through this various stations of constellations and star charts that's out here in the, in the, in the universe. And so as it, go, it makes its trek around the, the sun, and at 365 days, it begins to go through these various stations uh, are known as constellations. And as it goes, the constellations tells a story. The redemption of mankind was written in the stars long before it was written on paper. Why did he do that? Because God knew that man would need a road map. That, that mankind would need a, a, a chart or something to lead him through this life. And the first thing, the, the, the oldest star charts that we have, uh, there's some in the, there's the, the museum in France, the Louvre. The Louvre. Um, one of the oldest star charts in existence is in, is in the museum in Paris and was found in Egypt. And it was, uh, it was underneath a, a temple dome. And they had painted the star chart on the top of the, the ceiling of the, of the temple. And so what happened, Alexander the Great had that temple uh, torn apart. And he took the top of that temple back and he put it in a museum. And it's one of the oldest star charts. It dates back some 5,000 years. And uh, what is so significant about that is the, the name of the stars uh, on the other star charts, are, are, the names are changed a little bit, but the meanings is basically the same. Some of the ancient Chinese star charts goes back uh, over 5,000 years also, and all of them are in agreement with the stars and the messages that they have. Now, if, if you want to do some more study on this, uh, I advise you to go to Berean or some Christian bookstore, and you can, you can tell them you want to uh, look up some books. Uh, about the heavens and the constellations and the message and the stars, and you can start and you have your Bible and you have you get get some books and find uh, some of the information out. Okay, so so let me let me. Uh, there's two Hebrew words I want you to to uh, get uh, get into this. All right, the Hebrew words for signs and for seasons. There's two Hebrew words. One is oath, O T H, and it carries the meaning of something that is to come, something that is to come. And I kind of put a, a, a little scripture reference down there. I, the, God says, I will give you rain in due season. So what he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you rain, and it's going to be in due season. It's going to come. Something's going to come, but, it, but so it's out there, okay? But you can expect that it. it's coming. And so that's that word, uh, O-T-H. The second word is moed. That it is the same word that is used for the feast of Israel. And it, it means an, appoint, an appointment at a certain time. An appointment at a certain time. It is always used when referring to a set time for a miraculous occurrence. The use and the term moed. Okay? Always used for a, for a set time for a miraculous occurrence. Now you have to get this. 
We know that a sign is something in, intended to convey a message. We know that a sign is something intended to convey a message to those who come after. It is provided by someone who desires to direct, to warn, or to give guidance in advance. That's what the stars were put there for. Who put them? Who was the someone that put them there? God put them there. Okay? Why? Because he wanted to give direction to those that were coming behind. It's like if you're, going, if you're driving 100 miles an hour down a road that you've never been on before and you come to a sign that has one of those crooked arrows and underneath it 45 miles an hour, are you going to keep going 100 miles an hour? Why? Because you've seen a sign. Someone's been before you on that road and they, they know that if a safe speed for you to go around that curve that's coming would be about 45, okay? So it is a sign. It's given, someone's going to give a message to those. That's what the stars are for. They are signs given by God to give a message to those that would come along behind. And so we're going to go through here and kind of get your zip drive. And I've got some crude pictures. I wish I had them a little bit more professionally done. Uh, but I, I want you to see, uh, here's, here's, here's what a star chart would look like. The sun's in the center. The little white orbs is, is, is reference of the earth as it goes around the sun. And then, uh, so you have the sun, you have us, and then you have the constellations on the outside. Okay? And uh, so that, that guy, if you've never seen a star chart, uh, that's, that's basically what it's going to look like. There are 12, there are 12 major signs. 12 is the number of divine authority. All right? 12 is the number of divine authority. There's, there's 12 seasons, there's 12 months of the year. There's 12 major constellations. There's 12 tribes of Israel. There was 12 uh, uh, disciples or apostles. Uh, so God directed his, his authority. So 12 is a number of divine authority, all right? I, some writers say that uh, the banners that the tribes of Israel carried as they marched through the wilderness, uh, they each had a sign of a constellation on their banner. Now, I, I don't have any way of proving that. I'm just telling you uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it sounds, it sounds like it, it, it would fit uh, because Judah is, of course, uh, the lion from the tribe of Judah. The last sign we're going to talk about is, is the lion, Leo. And so and you can almost kind of place some of these signs on those standards or those banners that Israel would carry. Uh, and so maybe that is true. I have no idea. Number one, the constellation Virgo. All right, in the heavens, it's, I know it's a poor picture, but she's, she's uh, uh, shown as a, as a woman with a branch in one hand and with seed corn in the other hand. And she's kind of in a reclining or restful position. Uh, this is where the story starts. Uh, as you read the star chart, you'll start, and then you, go, you work from right to left. You don't go clockwise. You go counterclockwise to get the story. And, uh, and between... Between Leo the lion and, and uh, Virgo, there is, a, there is a picture of the Sphinx in the star charts from Egypt. And the Sphinx had a face of a woman and the body of a lion. And so kind of like it was between those signs, like an asterisk. So uh, the story starts, and we know the story of redemption starts uh, with a Savior, don't we? Virgo is Latin. It means virgin. In her left hand is one of the brightest stars in the heavens. If the name of the star is Spica, it's, in, it's shown in her left hand. It's the brightest star in the heavens, okay? 
uh, it's, it's the modern Latin word spica, meaning an ear of corn or the seed of corn. So immediately we know in this star chart, now remember, he calleth them, he numbereth them all and calleth them all by name. He named this star. That's how it wound up on the star charts. Okay, so immediately we know that, okay, this virgin is, is evidently going to have seed. Okay? Now, what happens to seed, though? What did Jesus say about a corn of seed? So not only is it predicting in the star chart that there would be a seed come, but we also know that there's going to be the death of the seed. So the redemption story is beginning to unfold automatically in this, in this, in this star chart that, that Job understood, that Abraham understood, uh, he, the plan of redemption. Now, we have lost it because we no longer study those things. Uh, we have our Bible in front of us, and we don't have to have the star chart we, because it's been written for us. We can carry it under our arm. You have it on your coffee table at home, but you need to open this book and read it. Now, they didn't have this. They did not have this. Uh, but but you, you need to get into this book and find out about it, okay? It's because you're, you're not going to get the star charts, all right? Now, the original Hebrew uh, word for this star was Zerah, Z-E-R-A-H, and it literally means the seed. The most ancient name was Temecha, uh, and it literally means the branch. And, it, and it's the same word that, was used, that is used in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, where it said, There'll come a branch out of the root of Jesse. A Savior will come. A Redeemer will come. So in this one constellation, it is shown that there'll be a, a virgin that will conceive and bear seed. And then the seed will die because that's what you do with seed. You plant it. Right? Jesus said, except a corn of wheat, or corn of wheat fall into the ground and die to buy it alone. So he's talking about a birth and a death in the beginning of the story. Now notice the, the constellation, the second one, constellation Libra. It is a picture of the scales weighing. Okay? This is what it will look like, and I kind of put two, uh, uh, this is what it actually looked like, the group of stars in the heavens. And, uh, and then when they draw it out, it's a scales. And literally the scales, you can see the scales in motion. It's, it's going, one side is going down as the other side is rising. Now you say, well, what in the world does that have to do? Well, why is this virgin going to conceive seed and then having die? Because the second constellation says something's wrong. The balance is out. We're out of balance here. What's taking place? Sin is entered the picture. Remember what the prophet, remember what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar? You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Mankind was weighed in the balance. We needed a Savior. The virgin was going to conceive. Why was she going to have to conceive? Because mankind had messed up. Sin had entered the picture in the scales we're not, we're, weren't balanced anymore. We had been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Now notice the, the I can't pronounce these stars uh, exactly right, but I have them down for you. The first one means the price which is deficient. That's the literal meaning of the name of that star, the brightest stars. The price, 
though, uh, is, is deficient. What does that mean? Everything that mankind, every covenant that God had made with man was not sufficient to cover the sin question in his life. It was deficient. They tried everything. The, their sacrificial system. Every year the, sin, the, the lamb would be slain and it only pushed sin off for what? One year. Why? Because it was deficient. That's what that star means. All right, it's out of balance. And, and man was, was, uh, was deficient in balancing the scales. We needed some help. We need something to come along. Notice the look at the other star. The price which covers or is sufficient. In this one constellation, there is two stars, two different names. One says, one says insufficient, and the other says, there's, but there's something coming. There's something coming that's going to balance the scales. There's something coming that will be sufficient. The Scripture just simply says in 1 John, His blood cleanses from all sin. No more deficient sacrifice. His blood covers all sin. Look at the constellation of Scorpio. See if we can get this up here. Introduces what what was the story? How come? How come man had messed up? Now we're introduced to the scorpion. Scorpio, our, automatically, here's our enemy. Here he's the one, he's the one now that, that is behind all of it, okay? So here he comes. It's Scorpio, okay? We're introduced to the enemy. It was identified by the Hebrews as A-K-R-A-B, which also means the conflict or the war. How many of us tonight are involved in the conflict? How many's been fighting? How many's in the conflict? All right, here's the reason why. He started 6,000 years ago when he entered into the garden and he deceived our parents uh, and, and the conflict started. And for 6,000 years it has been going on. That's the reason the scales are out of balance. That's the reason that the virgin had, is going to have to have, a, was going to, have, to have a, a seed because the scorpion entered the picture and messed everything up. The Arabic name is Al-Karab, meaning wounding him who cometh. Wounding him who cometh. Now listen, those stars, those stars, on the name of those stars, they were named by God. What did Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 say? The first prophecy, the first prophecy, what, what did God tell the scorpion or the serpent or, or Satan? Because the scorpion is Satan. He said, you're going to wound his heel, but he's going to step on your head. And though by that star... It, 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 that the name of that is that he is going to be wounded. He is going to be mortally wounded when Jesus comes back. Notice the, the, in, in, the brightest star in the figure is, is a star named A-N-T-A-R-E-S, Antares. It's ancient Arabic, and it means the wounding, the wounding. It's the brightest star in that figure. Go to number four. Sagittarius. I was born under the sign of Sagittarius. I mean, you know what sign you're born under? Do you? Almost everybody knows what sign they was born under. Now, don't get all spooky on me, okay? <clears throat> We're all born under different signs. How many members of the old farmer's almanac? Tells you when, when to plant and when to mark your calves and all that other stuff. A lot of people thought that was witchcraft. 
That wasn't witchcraft. That was, that was, he put the stars for signs and for seasons and for days. And there's certain times, how many knows, how many knows that the, the best day, according to scripture, to have your baby circumcised, male baby circumcised, you know what day it is? Yeah. Because it's let, it's been proven fact on that day uh, that it's less painful, that it is, it is tolerance for pain. It's the eighth day, right? It's the eighth day. Eighth day of birth. Yeah. His tolerance for pain uh, is, is the highest in, at, at that time, and it won't hurt him as bad. That, that's, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, you know, sometimes we throw all this stuff out and think, you know, there's some stuff to this. Sagittarius. And when I first saw this and I stayed and said, what in the world? Half man, half horse. What in the world does that have to do with Jesus? Does that, has that thought run by you? What is this? Why would God put some kind of a picture like that in the heavens? Because that would run through my mind. How many has thought about that sitting here? Well, I mean, that, to me, it's a freak, right? I, when I first saw it and didn't know, understand what it was meaning, I thought, weird. You know, that's, you see this on science fiction movies. All right. What is it? Check this out. Someone's coming. That's, his arrow is aimed at the scorpion. And in the star charts, the arrow that he has, the archer, the bowman, his arrow is pointed toward the brightest star that is in Scorpio. Someone's coming who's going to have a dual nature. He's going to be God and he's going to be man. Yeah, that's cool. He's going to have, he's going to be very God and he's going to be the son of man. This dual-natured person, this hero is going to come, and he's going to take care of our adversary. He's going to settle the sin question. This Sagittarius, the archer, called by the Hebrews K-E-S-I-T-H, which means bowman. The brightest star is called N-A-I-M, which in Hebrew means gracious or the delighted in. He was the favorite son of his father. He was the only son of his father. And he was, he, was, he was full of grace and truth. Amen? So he's coming. This dual-natured person is coming. Another star to be noted in this sign is C-R-O-T-O-N, Greek word meaning the purchaser. Isn't that crazy? Five, we're five, these stars were named, so someone's coming. It's going to help us out. We're in a mess. We've been waiting the balance. We've been found wanting. We need someone to help us out. Who's going to come? This person who has a dual nature is going to come. And he's going to be the purchaser. He's going to be the one that has the, has the ability to balance the scales. How is he going to do that? What is he going to use to purchase our redemption? His very own blood, his life. It's funny that he was an archer. You know, we, we talk about, you know, Jesus was the arrow of God. Um, an arrow has no will of its own. It is completely surrendered to the will of the bowman or the one who shoots it. Jesus said, I come not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. An arrow is sent. It hits the target in which it is aimed at. Jesus was the arrow of God, and he hit the target. He hit the target, Sagittarius. Now notice the constellation Capricorn. 
This is a fabulous message. Half goat sinking down in death, and the end of him is turning into a fish. That is weird. If, if you just looked at that today, now back then they knew exactly, they, they knew. But it's weird to us because we've never been taught. How, how many was born under the sign of Capricorn? All right. Check this out. Portrayed as the forepart of a goat and a fish-like tail. In this constellation, we see a, a death-to-birth process illustrated. <laughs> Check this out. By virtue of the goat's death, life has been given to the fish. Fish live in what? Water. <laughs> illustrated in the sign is the mystical birth of the church. The church is connected to water, except he be born of the water and the blood. The water is the Word of God. The water, the goat. Who was the goat? What does this goat represent? The goat that's bended down in death. Every year, the priest would sacrifice a goat as a sin offering. He'd sacrifice one, and then he'd turn one loose. They called the one they turned loose the scapegoat. And they would turn him loose and let him go off into the wilderness, signifying that your sins were being taken away. And one was killed. Who's the scapegoat? It's that hero that was coming with the, that you saw in the, in the constellation before. It was Sagittarius. He's coming now. He, the, he's the purchaser. How's he going to purchase? He's dying. But out of his death, many shall live. And the ones that live are going to be connected to water. Hallelujah. That's us. The mystical birth of the church. You and I, as a result of, of the, the, the sin, the goat being slain, or Jesus being slain. The brightest star is named Al-G-E-D-I. Arabic means the kid or the goat. How, you know, when, when I, I thought about water, um, Remember, remember at the well, the woman, he said, uh, you need to have this water that I have. If you take the drink of the water that I have, you'll never thirst again. The mystical birth of the church, the washing of water by the word, everything that is connected with Christians is a signal of, of, of water, of spiritual water. Of, of, and that's, you know, now check this next one out. Check this next one out. We'll, and we'll, I don't know how much time we have. Aquarius. How many is born under the sign of Aquarius? It is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I don't know who sang that, but it was a nice song. Bunch of hippies sang that. They didn't even know what they were singing about. They knew about the constellation Aquarius. They had no understanding of what it actually meant. There's an age, and remember, these things, these things were Moed set times. These things were there at set times. Was Jesus born at a set time? Did Mary, did Mary give birth at a set time? 
All of these things, these star charts, remember, because the, the bottom line of why we're studying these things is that I, we're trying to see, you know, the coming of Jesus right around the corner because these things literally have taken place. The birth of the church, it was a set time. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to, I want you to tarry there. And the coming of the Holy Spirit was at a moed. It was a set time. All of these things was at a set time. And so if these things now have been fulfilled, have they not? Now we, we come to the age of Aquarius. It means the water pour. Actually, it, it's, you know, that's exactly what it means. It, now, it, in the star chart, it, show, it, it shows a man... And the next sign, you'll, you'll see a fish at the bottom. The very next sign is Pisces. And we'll talk about that next Wednesday. But, but he's pouring water. What is this all about? The stars were saying there's going to come a time in the future when water is going to be poured out, spiritual water is going to be poured out on this earth. Listen, what did he say? Joel chapter 2, verse 20. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. That's, in, in Acts chapter 2, Peter picked up that when he was preaching. He said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Now, the age of Aquarius had showed up on the day of Pentecost. At a set time, at a, at a moed, at a set time, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out. Signified by what? Water. Poured out like water, the water pour. And, and, and so here's this hero, this person that's pouring this water out. The question is this, who is the hero figure pouring out the water? John chapter 7, Jesus sitting there said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall what? Flow rivers of living Water. We're not only connected to water, I mean, we're involved in the water. We're flowing with the water. I mean, we sing the song, rise up, O well, spring up, O well, within my soul. What's it talking about? Talking about the water of the Holy Spirit coming up. And, and the key is now, the key is now, how thirsty are we? How thirsty are we for, for God? See, now, the person, the man who's coming to pour is none other than Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit has baptized you into the body of Christ, but Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. John said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not able to latch. Uh, he will baptize you with what? The whole, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so in Acts chapter 2, I mean, the Holy Spirit fell. But the key for us getting full and, and overflowing with the Spirit is that we have to be thirsty. How many has really been thirsty in your life? For water. You ever went without water for a long time? Really, really thirsty. And you couldn't wait to get to the house to, boy, I, boy there was been some time in my life when you heard the old saying, spitting cotton. Man, and I mean, you was just, I mean, you couldn't wait. That's what it's going to take for the Holy Spirit to begin to flow through our life. We're going to have to get thirsty. We're going to start desiring God more than other stuff. Man came to me, true story, man came to me one time several years ago and said, 
I, I, want, I want to teach class. And I said, well, okay. And he said, well, I got to tell you, he said, I got a problem with cigarettes. I said, okay. I, I said, here's what you're going to do. When your desire to serve God and teach that class becomes greater than your smoking cigarettes, you'll give them up. You know what? He did. Because his desire to do something for God and to teach kids became greater than his desire for the cigarettes. And God delivered him. Desire is everything. If you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, it's because you don't desire it. I thirsted for it. I sought it. I pursued it. I, every, every prayer meeting, I was, I was on my knees and on my face, thirsty. And I thought, man, I've started. I, if, 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 if it's real, I want everything God has for me. And I stayed on my face, and I pursued, and I prayed, and I fasted, and I stayed thirsty for God. And then God baptized me in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Listen, God's not going to give you anything you don't want. That's just the bottom line. But if you'll get thirsty, I'm telling you, there's a water pour, and he's still pouring out water. The age of Aquarius isn't over. He's still pouring. He's pouring out on all flesh. Your son, this is to you, to your sons, to your children's children, and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. I mean, he's still pouring it out. And until the church leaves this planet, he's going to pour on anybody that's thirsty. All of those were set times. And all of those times we've talked about, all of those signs have come to pass exactly like the heavens said they would. Next Wednesday, we're going to talk about this next six. I'm telling you, they are, it's going to, you're going to, we're going to realize how close we are to the coming. And it was written in the stars over 6,000 years ago. It was written in the stars long before it was written in your Bible. It was written in the stars for everyone to see and to study. Isn't God good? Let's get thirsty for God. Amen? Let's get thirsty for God. I have no idea what time it is. I'm, is it 9 o'clock? Is it nine? It's not nine o'clock. I'm thinking, man, where's that time go? What time is it? Okay, all right. We're finished. Any questions before we go? All right, don't miss next Wednesday. It's going to be exciting, boy. All right, God bless you guys.